Hallelujah. 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 Good to be back in the house of the Lord. And Sister Amber, it sure is good to see you guys back in church. Man, missed you guys. Woo. Anybody that's had all these sicknesses and things going around, not just the, even COVID stuff, but viruses, strep, man, just stuff happening, it's tough. Keeps you out and keeps you from doing what you want to do, but, but I'm thankful today that God's watching out for us, going to take care of us. In Jesus' name, amen. God's good. Proverbs 24. You got to love the book of Proverbs. Great instruction. I tell you what, you, the first seven chapters of Proverbs, probably some of the, the most relevant instruction for living for God. I tell you, just great, great word in there. Brother Everhart used to encourage us as young ministers all the time, said, read those first seven chapters over and over and over, and uh, they'll make an impact in your life. We're in Proverbs 24 today, verse 30. We're going to read down to the end of the chapter in verse 34. The writer said, I went by the field of the slothful, by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns, and nettles had covered the face thereof, and the stone wall thereof was broken down. Then I saw and considered it well. I looked upon it, received instruction. Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and thy want as an armed man. That last verse took me forever to, to understand what he said right there. I was like, what does that mean? But it, what he basically said is, your poverty will come very quickly as one that a robber, a thief comes upon very quickly and takes your possessions. And so today we're going to talk about the care of precious things, the care of precious things. Let's, let's bow our head and pray today. Lord, we love you so much in this house. We thank you for what you've done in our lives. We're thankful for what you give us. Help us to be good stewards of those gifts and anointings and callings, God, of this great salvation. Lord, open our ears to hear. Let our hearts receive it in good ground. Lord, we're going to praise you for it today. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. I'm going to give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this house. Thankful for his word. Thankful for what he gives us. Hallelujah. You can be seated. And God bless you today. In the wonderful name of Jesus. Happy anniversary to the Smelzers. One year ago today, we was getting ready to see them wed, and uh, and then uh, today, Brother Zach Davy will be getting married, and so uh, we're thankful for the Lord blessing folks with their spouses. God bless you. Many more. The Lord tarries. Many, many more. The care of precious things. What a you, Proverbs, if you read through, man, portions that, that each verse will just speak and give you something but the, the theme of, of these verses we just read is that uh, the, it's the loss of possession and what is the cause of loss of possession. And I can tell you that 
probably the number one destroyer of things, anything. The number one, it's not the only, but it's first and foremost uh, is neglect. If, if you neglect, it doesn't matter what area of life it is, nothing will be productive if you neglect it. Nothing will ever reach its potential if you neglect it. Nothing will ever be what it was intended to be if you neglect it. Even the scripture tells us how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation. We cannot just neglect what God has given us and even the things we have in our life, the natural things. Sometimes we think because, well, I paid such a good price, I got a good quality item that uh, I don't have to really take care of it. It'll take care of itself, but that's not true. Whether you buy a $10,000 car or a $100,000 car, still got to change the oil. Same principle. Doesn't matter. You're going to be changing tires. You're going to be uh, changing wiper blades, cool it. Need to wash it. Please wash your car. You need to. You need to vacuum it out, clean it so critters don't live in it. You want to don't neglect your car. Man, I'm, I'm just a car guy. I don't believe in riding in a dirty car. You ought to be able to eat off the seats. That's how clean it ought to be. Hello. That's the way I am. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be a jet plane. Got to have maintenance. Rocket ship. Got to have maintenance. Houses. Maintenance. Hotel. Maintenance. Pull behind camper. Still got to have maintenance. It doesn't matter what it is. Clocks need to be wound. Watches will need batteries. Clothes need washing. Hello. Uh, hey, teeth need brushing. <laughs> Come on now. Uh, neglect them teeth and they'll soon be saying goodbye. They'll be falling out and nobody will be talking to you. Wash, floss, and brush. Bathe yourself. Maintain yourself. Comb your hair. Wash yourself. <laughs> Put on some deodorant. Maintenance. <laughs> we need, hey, it's the truth, man. Uh, we need, uh, you know, Maintenance, and I, you need education. That's maintenance so that you can progress further. We need that. Uh, probably one of the number one things that suffer from neglect are relationships. And that can be on any level. Uh, parents could neglect their kids. Kids can neglect their parents. Spouses can neglect one another. It happens. Employer, employers can neglect their employees. Uh, Pet owner can neglect their pet. Where's my vet? Has she ain't in here? She should have been like, amen. Look, you know, all these things that we've been given will suffer if we don't pay attention to them. We must take care of the things that have been given to us. And that means you have to be intentional about uh, this. Maintenance is not something that just happens. It's Intentional. If you have a car, if you take your car to a dealership or whether you do the maintenance yourself, you have to make the decision either I'm getting up and going out there and crawling under that car or I'm driving it somewhere and they're going to crawl under that car. But either way, it's got to get done. And if I don't, it will leave me stranded one day. The, the idea is this, is that if we don't take care of the things that move us around, one day we end up sitting around because... Uh, it, it can sit in the driveway and look pretty, but it won't go because I simply neglected it. You can wash it and shine it 
and never change the oil in it, and then eventually you won't drive it. It just won't, it won't work. It won't go. And you can shine it. You can show up. But if you're neglecting your walk with God, it, it ain't going nowhere. You, you got to be intentional about this. Uh, number one, about the salvation that God's give us. We, we maintain that we, by living by his word. Once, you know, we, we don't earn salvation. It's, not, it's by grace through faith are we saved. I, I know that. I know that very well. We were not worthy. We didn't earn our salvation. But once we have been given this gift, we have uh, the gift of having our sins washed away in his blood, the gift of being filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues. Once we've been given this gift, we must maintain this gift. Now, let me tell you, the Holy Ghost ain't going to get weak. It don't lose power or anything like that. But you uh, will lose the ability to function in it if you neglect it. The Bible says I should build up myself on my most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. I need to be praying uh, in the Spirit. I need to be studying the Word before I live by every word that proceeds out of His mouth. Uh, Jesus said when we pray, fast, and give, our Father sees these things and we are rewarded. He it's a, like he expects that to happen. It should be intentional on a believer's part that these are part of his life and these are things that help keep him. Uh, people say, what does giving help me do? Well, you give, it's giving back to you, that's number one. But when you become a cheerful giver, you learn how to be generous. Uh, you learn to be more like God. God gives. God gives. Uh, and he's always been a giver. And he gives us the gift of the Holy Ghost. He gives us this great salvation. He gives us exceeding great and precious promises. He gives us things. He's a generous God. Loadeth us daily, the scripture says. And so he's loading us down with things. And uh, we need to be intentional about these things so we can keep them running smooth. There's an old saying that says that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. You know, it's a lot easier to spend $20 about every three months or 3,000 miles or 5,000 miles and get your oil changed than it is to spend three or four or $5,000 because the engine locked up. Oh, I got $20. I need to get my oil changed, but I really want a box of tacos. Well, number one, tacos ain't helping your maintenance. <laughs> They're good but that don't help your maintenance. But uh, on the way back from the taco place, if the engine light comes on and you hear that jackhammer go off under the hood, you know, should have went and got the oil changed. Uh, we need to be intentional about it. Just an ounce of prevention, just uh, a little bit of time, uh, spending time with God, spending time in the church, spending time with your brothers and sisters, spending time uh, seeking the Lord. Man, it, it, it's a lot easier to do that and have a regular routine of spiritual maintenance than it is for somebody to have to pull you out of the fire. Yeah, it's a because the longer you go, the harder it is. The more, the greater price it's going to be. And 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 we we see it all the time. We see people that they begin to stay away from the house of God, and then you can't hardly get them here after a while. And when you do, 
It's like a statue, man. They don't want to move. It's all you got. It's like you're praying with a hammer and a chisel, trying to break through to them, uh, to get them back to a place where they used to freely worship and just weep before God and pray and and do those things that came natural to them. But now, uh, because of a little slumber, a little sleep, a little folding of the hands, friend, we, we don't want to neglect the precious things that make life so good, make life wonderful. Because if you do, life gets bad. It gets bad. So don't neglect things. Don't neglect financial responsibilities. Don't neglect people in your life, your brothers and sisters. And for sure, do not neglect this walk with God. In these scriptures, he said, I went by a field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. He didn't realize what he had. There's no saying you don't know what you got till it's gone. He, he didn't realize what it was. was it his, he was void of understanding. It was his. I went by the field of the slothful. I went by there. But this man was void of understanding. He did not realize what was in his hand, what had been given to him. And that's the way people are, I think, sometimes with God. They don't realize how precious the things are that God has given them. The psalmist said in one place, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits. Even the God of our salvation, Selah, pause and think about that. Think about that. In, in other words, think about this, that every day God is not just giving you a little smidgen. He's not just handing you a little but he's loading you down. When you get a load, that's it's all you can carry. You, you get a load on a truck, that's all it can carry. Uh, God's loading us with benefits. Uh, he, he's giving us things every day, and people go through that day and never acknowledge him. No thank you, no I love you, no prayer, no reading his word, nothing, no telling anybody else about it just void of understanding, not realizing that uh, God has given me this and I'm doing nothing with it. We've got to learn to take care of the precious things. This life with God is first and foremost, it's number one. Lamentations tells me that his mercies are new every morning. God is just handing out mercy every morning. His compassions fell, not he, and, and the scriptures, and that's why we're not consumed. That's why we, we exist. We exist by what God gives us every day. When you wake up and you open your eyes and you slide out of that bed, you think, I'm going to the work. Oh, I don't want to work today, man. You better thank God that you was able to get out of the bed, yeah. that you got a job to go to, that you got these things, and realize that. The only reason I'm alive today and breathing breath is because God's mercy was new to me again. And what will I do with what God has given to me? Peter said it like this, 1 Peter 1 and 4, that we have been given exceeding great and precious promises. They've been given to us. I'm not just waiting on these things. Exceeding great Man, it's nice to get great promises, but exceeding, way past 
what I expect. The Bible tells us he does exceeding abundantly above what I ask or think. And even in his giving of promises, it's exceeding great. We're happy with great. He's like, nah, I love you. I'm going to give you exceeding great. And they are precious. The care of precious things. He said that by these, they have purpose. That's why it's so, uh, that's why uh, it's got to be a priority for us to take care of them because he doesn't just give them to us to put on a shelf. He said, by these promises, by these things, you can be a partaker of the divine nature, escaping the world, the corruption that's in the world through lust. It, it helps you out to live right. It helps you to, to keep going every day and live your life for God. These promises are not just decorations for us, but they help us to maintain and live the life that he wants us to live. So I can partake. I, I've already been a partaker of the not-so-divine nature. I've been a partaker of that wild olive branch nature, that, that kind of nature. I want to be a partaker of the divine nature. I want to be more like him. But I need uh, to, to make sure that I am taking care of what he's given me. And if we are doing without, then uh, it's, uh, it's not because we haven't been given the things that we need. It's due to the neglect of these precious things. And we find ourselves like this man in Proverbs, verse 30, that we have the possession, we have uh, the field, we have the vineyard, but we are void of understanding. Maybe uh, that field and that vineyard, it, it meant something in those days because that was, uh, it, it showed inheritance that you had uh, a place in that land. And things, a lot of times if people had land or they had vineyards, it was passed down to them and, and it meant, uh, it showed lineage. It showed, hey, I've been here a while, my family's been here a while. And, and so it's been passed down and passed down and passed down, but I don't want it to die with me. You know what I'm saying? I don't want it to stop right here. Paul talked about the faith that Timothy had. He said, your grandmother had it, your mother's got it now. I believe it's in you too. And so he was instructing Timothy over and over again, you know, uh, to, to don't let anybody uh, despise your youth and things like that. Just you preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. He, was, he encouraged Timothy uh, to stir up the gift that was in him by the laying on of hands. He's like, uh, make sure you are maintaining, caring for what God has given you. Don't think just because you've been called, that's all you, uh, hey, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't one call, that's all. You know, uh, God puts a call on our life, then we need to answer and we need to follow and we need to take care of what God's uh, given us. And again, if we're doing without it, 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 it'll never be because God withheld. It will be because we let it uh, become overrun. We didn't take care of it. We let it get grown over. That's what he saw. He said, I saw this man's field and it was covered up. It was grown over. The stone wall that kept things out, that kept animals out and, and things that could hurt it out, uh, thieves out and people trespassing out, all those things. The stone wall was broken down. You start neglecting uh, this walk with God and those things that should be able to, that you used to keep out, all of a sudden they find their way in because you're not praying like you used to pray. 
because you're not reading your word like you used to do. You're not listening to the things that God uh, used to say to you. you oh, I, don't, I, I don't need to keep all of these things. I don't need to do all these things. But we better hang on to the things that God gave us. The Bible says, let that therefore abide in you which you've heard from the beginning. I want to make sure that I'm not uh, getting so grown and spiritual that I don't have to do what the Word says anymore. Mm. Well, it's the truth. We need to make sure that we are taking care of what God's given us. This, this, this uh, a field, a vineyard, it would provide. And it, it, for, for this man, it was his inheritance, provision for his family. You know, it was something that he would pass down eventually. It was stability. It probably gave him notoriety in the land. You know, uh, landowners and stuff were looked at, you know, as, as people of prominence and things. And, and it just all the things that this meant to him, he didn't care enough to take care of it. Well, I got it, and that's enough. But he was void of understanding. You don't get a vineyard and let it take care of itself. You got to work on it. You don't get a field and it just takes care of itself. Listen, I live on 10 acres. And if I don't cut it, it just, well, it'll be all right. It'll just, it'll stop eventually. Yeah, after it covers the house up. You know, it just, and so you have to keep it cut. And you have to, if you don't, if you neglect it, leave it alone. I can just leave it alone for one year, not, not cut, not do some things back. I'm talking about behind the house where the, trees and briars and that, and it's so grown up you can't walk back there. I mean, it's, and you're like, it's only been one year. It's only been a season, and look how grown up it is. I can't, and that's, it had got by so fast. I had no idea. I don't want to wake up one day and realize I don't feel God anymore. I don't hear him speak anymore. Uh, I, I really could just stay home today and it probably wouldn't bother me. I don't want to lose what God has given me. I want to make sure that I am taking care of these precious things and, and people don't understand that even this walk with God requires attention. Oh, there are doctrines out there that say no. Once you're saved, you're always saved and, and uh, you don't have to do nothing else. It's not Bible. It does, it's not, that's not the instruction that Scripture gives. And uh, if someone has told you that, shame on them because it's not true. Now, maybe that's all they know and they wouldn't try to be malicious, but it's just not Bible. And, well, I don't have to do anything. All I did was I prayed a prayer years ago and one day I'll wake up in glory. It's just not going to happen like that. It's just not going to happen. We have to maintain what God has given us. And when this man, he said, I saw this guy. and He's void of understanding. I saw his field. I saw the walls broke down. He said, I saw it and I considered it well. I looked on it and I received instruction. And that's what the writer is wanting us to see today. He's not talking to us about a vineyard that's successful. He's not talking about fields that are producing. He's giving us the worst possible scenario and said, look at this and learn from it. Because this is what happens to every single person who neglects what God has given them. Because what he has given them is an inheritance. Yeah. What he has done is filled us with his spirit. 
He said, I'm going away to prepare a place. Listen, friend, there are things uh, that God has for us here on this earth that we have yet to experience. And I do not want to just think, well, I'm his kid, so I deserve it. No, I've got to maintain what he's already given me. And, And this writer said, you need to learn something right now about this Silly man who has folded his hands and went to sleep on what God has given him. There's people today, the Bible says for us now, it's high time to awake out of sleep. We, judgment's going to begin first at the house of God. He's going to come to the people that he has given things to and say, what have you done with what I have given? Come on, somebody. Is what? That frightens me a little bit. Well, it ought to. It ought to stir you. It ought to sober us up. It ought to make us examine ourselves and, and say, hmm, what am I doing with what God gave me? All the resources. This man had every resource for success, and yet he failed. We have got every resource for success. Yes, this word uh, is our success, what he's given us inside, the spirit of truth that leads us and guides us, that adopts us into the body that's going to catch us out of here one day. We shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon us. And he said, and you shall be witnesses. But what are we witnessing? Uh, what is our witness? Is our witness that our field is now grown over, that our walls are broken down, that we're not producing that all we have is a mess. It's going to take a lot to get that man's vineyard back in shape. Is that, is that what we're a witness of, that it's just a mess? Or is it a witness of the glory of God? The Scripture says we should be a light in this world, and our good works should glorify our Father. Is, is that what we're doing today? Are we glorifying Him? Can people see through our life, through our daily walk, that, hey, you know, it doesn't mean we don't have days where we're tired, that we're, days when we're broken down, days when we feel like, I don't know if I can take another step. But we just can't quit. We can't stop taking care of the things that God has entrusted us with. They're great things. They're precious things. And, and we must take care of these things if, God's going to find us faithful. We know in Matthew 25, there's so many parables in that, that chapter, but in, uh, he began to talk about uh, servants who were delivered talents. One had five, one had two, and one had one. And in Matthew 25 and 25, we see what happened to the guy who just had one talent. He said, I was afraid, so I went and hid thy talent in the earth, and lo, thou, you have what is thine. He told the master, he told the Lord, it's just, here it is. I went and buried it in the earth. and So it's, it is a little dirty, but it's, here it is. So you didn't do nothing with it. Oh, no. I took it and I buried it. But this guy had five, and now he said, I've got ten. I gave him two, and he come back and he got four. He said, how come you didn't take one? And bring it back because what I gave you has the ability to work if you'll take care of it, if you'll use it, if you'll care for this thing that I gave you. This, this talent, I gave it to you 
because of your ability and the talent had the ability to produce, the only reason it wouldn't is if it's neglected. So he just went about, I don't know how long that master was gone. Let's, let's just say he was gone a year. For one year, this man walked over his gift. Probably never even went by to see where he buried it. Just trusted it would just always be there. And went back one day when the master showed up. How, how could you even be bold enough to watch these other guys come up with all this abundance they had gotten? And you're just going to shake the dirt off yours and say, oh, I still got it. Just like it was when you gave it to me. Well, it shouldn't be just like it was when I gave it to you. We're supposed to grow. The Bible says we're supposed to grow in grace and in knowledge. We're supposed to, we're supposed to mature. We're not supposed to be babes, babies all the time. There's a time when we are babies and we get that milk from the Word of God, but then we're supposed to move on to strong meat. We're supposed to have the Spirit that searches deep things and we're supposed to be witnesses because that's what the Holy Ghost was given to us for to be a witness of the God that we serve. It was, yeah, I want to take care of this stuff. I want to take care of what God has given me. You know, he said I was afraid. Fear, doubt, sometimes it's just laziness. People just don't do. It doesn't matter. Whatever the reason, neglect will be our downfall. If we neglect what God has given us, we're going to get the same answer that this guy got. Bind him up, cast him out where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. We only lose when we neglect the things of God. You never win. You're never victorious. You never overcome when you neglect what God gave you. You've got to, hey, listen, in being saved, pastor, we're born again. We're children of God. We're saved. Doesn't mean you can neglect what God gave you. One, there's a scripture, a story of a, a ruler that came to Jesus. He said, my daughter, she's lying at the point of death. He said, I'll go with you. Let's go. So they take off. You know the story. Uh, the woman with the issue of blood stops them for a little while. and Finally, they get moving. About before they get there, hey, your daughter's dead. Don't bother Jesus anymore. Jesus said, don't be afraid. Just believe. They go into the house. Walks in the room. There's a little, little girl. She's Yeah, she's dead. Takes her by the hand. Raises her up. Presents her to mom and dad. Man, what a miracle. That's an exceeding great miracle. He came for a healing and he got a resurrection. And what a miracle. How great. Wow. And he said he presented or he gave back. He gave that daughter back to mom and dad. Because when she died, the Spirit went to the Lord. Because when we die, the Spirit goes back to God that gave it. And so he gave it back. He gave her back. Here's, here's a gift. I got, this twice I've given her to you when she was born, and here she is again. I've given, and you know what he told them? Go give this child something to eat. What a strange request after that. Being dead make you hungry? don't know I've never been dead but but I remember reading that one day and, and the Lord kind of just it pressed on me he said you know 
There's so many people that I do so many great things for, and they stop right there with it. You know what happens to that child? Well, God raised her from the dead. She don't need to eat or drink no more. Well, she'll be dead in just a little while if you do that. He was saying, you need to take care of this miracle. Yeah. You need to be feeding your miracle. Oh, whoo, I got the Holy Ghost tonight. Well, I hope it ain't the only time <laughs> that you, you know, uh, I got baptized, I got the Holy Ghost. Hey, I've baptized people and never seen them again. Preached on a Wednesday night about baptism. This young lady was sitting, I remember she was not in this building, but at the other building. I know right where she was sitting. I want to do that. I want to get baptized tonight. I baptize her in Jesus' name. Never, ever, ever has since been to our church. Gone. Just out. Felt conviction, felt the need, jumped in the water, boom, gone. Even the friend that invited her couldn't get in touch with her. Just, well, I got baptized. That's all I got to do. Spoke in tongues 10 years ago. That's all I got to do. Jesus said, take this miracle and give it something to eat because you won't be able to tell anybody, look what Jesus did. I don't want you in a week when she's staggering and, and her eyes are sunk back in her head because y'all ain't fed her or give her nothing to drink. Say, look at this miracle. That's a pretty sorry-looking excuse for a miracle. She can't even stand up. She's about to die again. Well, Jesus resurrected her. I believe it. But why don't you feed this child? I got saved 40 years ago. If I can't tell it by the way you're living, hello. So, Pastor, don't be judging people. I'm not judging people. It said, you'll know a tree by the fruit it bears. You look at people's lives and tell if they're living for God or not. It's not being judgmental. It's just saying, that's the tree. Everybody's a Christian in the United States, man. Just about. I mean, everybody, you you go to a funeral home and everybody's saved. That's the truth. Well, I'm telling you that there's things that God has given us that we need to hold on to. We need to make sure we're maintaining and we need to make sure we are feeding this miracle. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1, he said, Therefore, we, the church, ought to give the more earnest heed to things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Verse 3, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? At first it began to be spoken by the Lord, was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. How are we going to escape if we neglect it? How are we going to do anything if we neglect it? He said, we, the church, we need to be, we need to be given the more earnest heed to what we've heard, lest it slip away. Oh, I will never... You know how many people said, oh, I won't never, and now they, they, they won't never come to church or never sit in a church anymore? Don't sit in a church anymore. Found some kind of new freedom. I won't never. T- yeah. When you stop giving earnest heed to what you have been taught and what you have learned, things slip right through your fingers. And before you know what you're looking around, how did that wall get broke down? How did these vineyards get so, how did this, how did I get to this state? A little folding of the hand, a little slumber, a little sleep, and then just like a, a thief quickly coming in and robbing you of what you've got. 
time will take it away. We've got to pay more attention now more than ever before because this world is getting worse every day. I'm not, I'm not some kind of doom and gloom guy. I just tell you the truth. I know the world's going to get worse. But I know God's church is going to shine. Yeah. But if there was ever been a time where we better hold on to what God give us, it's now. And if you ain't sure about what you got, then you need to do all you can to make sure about what you got because Jesus is coming back to get a church. Maintaining and taking care of is a theme in the, in the early church. It was what uh, they taught, what they practiced uh, to take care of the things that God had given them. In 1 Timothy 4, verses 12 through 16, I, I mentioned this early. Paul told Timothy, Let no man despise thy youth, but be an example of the believers in word, conversation, which is a behavior, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Until I come, you give attendance to reading, exhortation to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that's in you, which was given you by prophecy and laying on the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. Give yourself wholly to them that your profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto yourself. Watch yourself. Maintain yourself. And unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, you will both save yourself and them that hear you. You're no good to yourself or anybody else when you stop doing the things that God called you to do. Hello. You're not helping nobody. You're not helping yourself. You're not helping anybody else when you start neglecting the doctrine. He said, continue in this doctrine. I don't, I don't want to, oh, I've reached this new level. I don't need that, that doctrine anymore. Mm. I, I, I hope I'm not standing there when you, when you tell that to the Lord. Uh, Lord, I didn't need your word anymore. I didn't need that doctrine anymore. I, 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 you, you got me, you lifted me up to a plane where I didn't need nobody anymore. Whew, we better be careful. In 2 Timothy 1 and 6, he said, Wherefore I put you in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God which is in you by the putting on of my hands. Peter said in 2 Peter 1, 12 and 13, Wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them. I know people, I already know that. You ain't got to tell me that. No, I'm going to tell you anyway. Because that's what Peter said. I know you know it, but I am going to remind you, and I'm going to remind you, and I'm going to remind you. Pastor, how many times are you going to preach Acts 2.38? I don't know, but I'm not going to stop preaching it. I already know Acts 2.38, and I'm going to remind you. Yeah, right. I, I mean, I, why are you going to keep preaching about holiness? Because I, I'm going to remind you. Because if you don't give earnest heed to the things that you heard, you'll let them slip. Oh, and let me tell you, that, that holiness is one of the first places that, that people let it go out the door. And so we need to make sure that we are reminded and remembering the things that got us to where we are. Do not uh, let go of these things that saved us, made us who we are, that made us to be uh, more in line with his word. I know we got to get to, hey, it's got to be inside, outside. It's got to be everywhere. We've got to maintain these things. And so uh, put that back up for me, sis, that, that Peter's, yeah. He said, I'm not going to be negligent to always put you in remembrance of these things. You know them and, and be established in the present truth. But he said, I think it meet as long as I'm in this tabernacle or as long as I'm in this body to stir you up 
by putting you in remembrance. Sometimes, uh, you know, you've heard people probably give an example. So, you know, you, you make a pot of stew or something like that and you put everything, stuff will begin to settle so you stir it up so everything's, and, and that's why sometimes we just get settled and we need to be stirred up. We need to be stirred up. We need to remember that God is a miracle worker. We need to be reminded what God brought us out of. We need to be reminded that God can do anything, that God loves us despite our faults, and, and that, that this is not the time to fold our hands and go to sleep. But this is the time to pray without ceasing, to let his praise be continually in your mouth. This is the time where you want to make sure you're doing the things that God called you to do. And friend, we have a great church. We do. We've got great people, great young people. We've got a great you know, campus ministry. Things are going on. We've got great outreach going on. We've just got a great church. But it will go by the wayside if we just start neglecting the main things. We've got to maintain it. You know, If you had a field, a vineyard, man, you're going to have to go work. You're going to have to labor in it. You're going to have to weed stuff. You're going to have to cut grass. You're going to have to uh, plant things. You're going to pull things up. You're going to have to break up ground. Whatever it takes to make it go, to make it grow, that's what we've got to do. The Holy Ghost spoke, told the, the apostle in Acts 20 and 28, he said, you need to take heed therefore unto yourselves to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. Feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. That's the instruction he gave to the disciples, to the churches, those that were going out. He said, take heed to yourself, because you got to make sure yourself's right, and then the flock. Take care of one another. We can't neglect the body. I know I'm running out of time. We can't neglect, neglect the body. You neglect your body, you're going to have problems. Uh, you know, it, it suffers. You, you neglect, you know, just start eating all kind of junk, never doing anything, just neglect your body. It's going to get worse. It's going gonna, it's gonna to fall apart. You're going to break down. You're not, you're not going to be, you know, like you were. Sometimes people say, well, I'm just getting older. It's just how it is. Man, I'm fighting that with every step. I'm not just going to say, well, it's, I'm just older. I'm just going to hurt. I mean, I'm going to do something about it. I don't want to just hurt. I don't want to just say, well, that's just accepted. That's just the way it is. I know I'm getting older. I understand that. But, man, there's things you can do to make things better. You still have to maintain this body until, until it's gone, until it's, until it's done, until it's over with. There's scripture in the book of Ephesians. And, uh, brother, if you'll come on, I'll, I'll get ready to close up here because I, I'm, I'm, I know I'm running out of time. Ephesians 5 the uh, Paul wrote to the church there, and he's there's a section at the end of five where he's talking about husbands and wives, and he's comparing marriage to the to the Christ and the church. But there's the principle here uh, helps us realize how God takes care of the church and how we ought to take care of ourselves and the things God has given us. And he said in in uh, in verse twenty, let's just go to verse twenty nine. 29. He said, no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but he will nourish and cherish it even as the Lord does the church. He said, 
You're supposed to nourish it, cherish it, just like Jesus does with the church. He said, for we are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. And, and Jesus does not neglect the church. And we can't neglect the church. We, and we're part of the church. You can't neglect yourself. You can't neglect brothers and sisters. If we love the God who purchased, then we must love what he purchased. Hello? If you love the Lord that shed his blood, you got to love the ones that he shed his blood for. And then he said, if you love it, you won't neglect it. Because Jesus loves the church and he doesn't neglect the church. And if I love him, I don't neglect him. And if I love the church, I won't neglect the church. It, they all matter to him. So pray for one another as James told us. Feed the flock as the Holy Ghost told them in the book of Acts. Galatians 6 and 1 said, If a man's overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Jesus said, The way I know that you belong to me is, is when you do all these great things. You visit people, you feed people, you clothe people. Because when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. That's maintenance. Romans 15 and 1 said, We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not please ourselves. We need to make sure we're doing the things that, that God wants us to do so we can maintain this body. Not just our own natural body, but this body. We need to work for unity in the faith. Let brotherly love continue. That's maintenance for the body. Love one another. Be kind to one another. Tenderhearted to one another. Forgiving one another. That's all maintenance to the body. That's why inside a, a church congregation, a local congregation, it can't be divisions and it can't be bitterness and it can't be cliques and it can't be separations. That's, that's sickness to the body. But we're supposed to love one another, be kind to one another, forgive one another. It don't mean you go out to eat with everybody. Sure, there's too many people. There's no way to do it. You'd be going out to eat all the time. But you need to love one another. Maintain the body. Do what it takes. Go the extra mile. The Bible says if a man asks you to go one mile, go another. Right. That's the kind of people God's people are. They go the extra mile. Don't just do the minimum. Go the extra mile. Bless somebody. Somebody says, man, I, I'm running short this week. And if you can help them, help them. Give them what, but if you give them down to the penny what they ask, they ain't got nothing left. Give them, a little, give them a little extra. Give them $10 extra. Do something a little extra. Just go the extra mile for people. Go the extra mile for the church. We always do the most for what we love. And if you love God, you love his church, do what you can for it. Bible says, whatever you find to do, do it with your might. So let's make sure we're taking care of these precious things that God's given us. This church is a lifesaver, and it has been for so many people. So many people have come to the Lord in this place and have seen God work miracles in their lives in this place. They've learned and grown and, and been blessed in this place. Let's make sure we're taking care of our church, of our people of this flock. Amen? I need, hey, I know I'm the pastor, but I'm not the only one here. 
I, I want help right. from the sheep. Watch after one another. Tend to one another. Help one another. Amen? Let's stand together this morning. Praise God. Lift our hands and let's thank God one more time for these precious things that have been given. Lord, we love you and praise you. We thank you, God, for the things you've given us today. We thank you for the Holy Ghost that lives inside of us. We thank you, Lord, that you washed our sins away. We thank you for this house, this sanctuary that we can come and gather and worship you in spirit and truth. We thank you today, God. Oh, we love you, Jesus, and we praise you. Lord God, help us now to be mindful of the things that you've given, that we don't fall asleep on them, Lord, that we don't let them just fall apart, God, but, Lord, we take care of what you've given. Use what you've given us, Lord. That when you come, when you show up, Lord, you'll find us so doing, being a faithful servant, working with our hands, working with our lives for you, O oh God. Thank you for it, Lord. Bless us now and help us with it in Jesus' name. Amen. Give him a hand clap and shout of praise. Hallelujah. What a great God. What a great God. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Let's find a place to pray before the next service. Looking for some great things in Jesus' name.